glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Well, I've been praying here for ever since you talked to me, you asked me to come up here. I've been praying I could be a blessing. I want to, I was just praying for the Holy Spirit to work. And, brother, I appreciate your sermon. Uh, I, I can see the Holy Spirit of God working already. And my sermon is going to kind of go along, kind of complement what you said. Um, I, I, I just want to say about the yieldedness, I agree 100%. I, I think that one of the biggest problems in, with missionaries is a lot of them think that, boy, they surrendered. They didn't want to. Man, but I'm going to go and suffer for Jesus. So I'm going to tell you something. It's a privilege to be called. It's a privilege. You're not doing anything for God. He's doing everything for you. Okay, so uh, you just remember that. You young man, let me tell you something. Pray, ask God. To call you. Hey, amen. Ask God to call you. Hey. I, when I was 15, I got to reading through the Bible. And I, I read through the whole Bible. I, I would come home from school. And I would go up to my room. And I would read my Bible until it was time to eat. Mom would call me. I'd come down and eat. I'd eat real quick. And I'd go right back up to my room. I would read my Bible until... I was too tired to read anymore. I did that every day until I'd read through the whole Bible. When I came to 1 Timothy, there's that verse there, he that desireth the office of a bishop desireth a good work. And I thought, wow, that means you should desire it. God wants you to desire it. Okay? And so I started praying that God would call me. And it took a while. It was, it was, it was a while before he called me. But, boy, it was as clear as a bell when he did. I knew it was his will. Okay? And, and, and it was a privilege. It was something I wanted. So, anyway, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Now, uh, I just I want to say, too, uh, I just see... Uh, it's just a miracle I'm even here. It's a miracle. Um, I got this, uh, uh, I don't remember who contacted me first. Was it you or Brother Harley? I can't remember. But one of you, uh, Brother Harley got in contact with uh, Brother Neil. And, uh, and then uh, he got in contact with me. And I'll tell you what, uh, I needed... That man. God had prepared that man. He, he had been separated. He had been kind of cast out, kicked out of a church because he would not, uh, he would not pray to Allah. What did it amount to? He wouldn't bow down. He wouldn't sing praises to Allah, and he wouldn't pray to Allah and so forth. And so they kicked him out. That's what it amounted to. Okay, and, and so he was by himself. He, was, he got to reading the King James Bible. He, re, he understands English pretty good. And he got to reading the King James Bible. 
and he was trying to find somebody that believed like the King James Bible taught. And to make a long story short, through Brother Neil, he got in contact with me. Then we went over uh, to uh, see him. Um, several people saved in his family as a result, and uh, he's now uh, working in our uh, Bible translation ministry. Okay, so so anyway, just to be here, uh, and then uh, you know, for y'all to. Uh, pay the way up here. I appreciate it. I'm honored. I really feel honored that y'all did this to bring us up here. It's a tremendous blessing to us. And uh, I, I want to say uh, tomorrow, I just want to tell you, uh, tomorrow, by God's grace, I'm going to preach about one world Bible or a one world church. And that's not the Bible we want, Okay. But I, if you have any friends that are real strong using the uh, corrupt Bibles, the modern Bibles, the corrupt modern Bibles, if you can get them here tomorrow, I'm going to prove, I'm going to show without any shadow of a doubt why those Bibles should be taken and cast in a trash can. Amen. Okay? And why the only one you should use would be one's Bibles based on the Texas Receptus. All right, so... Uh, please turn with me, if you will, to uh, John chapter 4. John chapter 4 and verse 1. And let's all stand uh, as we uh, read a few verses out of the Bible here. <clears throat> John chapter 4, verse 1. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, Set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. He answered and said unto her, Catch this. This is what I want you to see tonight. He said, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask your blessings to be upon the rest of this service. I pray, Lord, that... Uh, you'll uh, work in our hearts here and help us, Lord, that we might uh, be more uh, zealous for you to tell others about uh, the gift that you have for man, for mankind, and Lord, uh, also so that we might understand more of who Jesus is and uh, convey that to other people, lost people, so that they might trust Jesus as their Savior. Please bless us now. Wait that you'll uh, be with our country 
and preserve our freedom for us. The leaders that we have, Lord, open their eyes that they might see the truth and, uh, Lord, uh, might do what is right. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> you may be seated. Now, Jesus said here, If thou knewest, let me read it again here. If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and we, he would have given thee living water. Now, God knew that woman's heart. He knew her, he knew her heart. He knew that if she would just understand what the gift of God was and who Jesus was, that she would believe. Now, I, I don't think that means that every person, if they understand those two things, is going to believe. But I believe it does mean there's, there's a number of people out there that's like that, okay? There's a number of people out there that if, if they just knew the gift of God and if they knew who Jesus was, wow, they'd be amazed and they'd trust Jesus as their Savior and be saved. And so uh, what that... What that does for us is that puts a, a motivation or should put a motivation on us to make sure they understand what the gift of God is and that they understand who Jesus is. You see, Jesus has to, he has to be who he says he is to be able to do what he says he can do. He has to be who he says he is in order to be able to give us this gift that is promised. All right, so let's look at... Um, First of all, the gift of God, and then we're going to look at who Jesus is. So what is the gift? Don't forget that the word gift means you don't work for it. So before we go any further, if, if I say, uh, you know, I've got something that's free. Uh, <clears throat> by the way, it reminds me of these two books. I'm going to tell you about these two books. Uh, i got some of these. I, I wouldn't able to bring very many. But if uh, any of you young men, uh, if you'll read the book, you absolutely for sure read the book. And if you don't have any money, you take that book. Read either, both of them, okay? You can have the book for free. If you got plenty of money, you people got you know rolling in money, and uh, you want to give a little extra, you want to make it so that I can give the books away like that. You uh, give the money to Caleb over there, and he'll make sure gets back and we'll buy some more books. But uh, I want you, young men especially, to have these books, all right? So you take them whether you can pay or not. All right. Uh, what is the gift? It's free. It's, that gift means it's free. If, if I make you pay for this book, it's not free, okay? Yeah. I say, I got a free book for you. Uh, you, you, uh, you go out and mow my grass uh, you wash my car, and I, I give a few other things to do, you know, and then you can have the book for free. That's not free. That's right, right. No, that's not free. Free means you get it, it's yours, I can't take it back. Yep. Okay? I've, I, I've been told, okay, maybe I might be part Indian. <laughs> I, I say that because, have you ever heard of an Indian giver? You know what I mean? What's an Indian giver? I, I, that's kind of a slam on Indians. But uh, so, uh, like I say, I, I think I'm part one, so okay. 
but an Indian giver is a person who gives you something, and then you don't you don't live just like he wants to. He gets mad at you. He takes it back. No, God's not an Indian giver. Okay. All right. Now, <clears throat> let's turn to John four, verse fourteen. John four, verse fourteen. Let's start with verse 12 just to get all the verses. Art thou greater, this woman said to him, art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Springing up into everlasting life. And the gift that God wants to give is everlasting life. Let me tell you, as far as I'm concerned, as I've read through the Bible, I I believe that the most important thing we can tell people is that if you believe in Jesus, he's going to give you everlasting life. He does not give temporary life. He's not going to give you uh, life, and then uh, after a while you're, you're going to die and go to hell anyway. You know, that's not everlasting, right? A lot of people, uh, I run across a lot of people, especially in Indonesia, but even here. Now They say, oh, yeah, I believe that when you believe in Jesus, you get everlasting life. But if you don't live good... You'll lose it. Come on. You can't lose something that's everlasting. The word everlasting means it's forever and ever and ever. You cannot lose it. You know what this means? I'm going to tell you what this means. Listen to me. When you believe in Jesus, every sin that you have ever committed, every sin that you will ever commit is washed away in the blood of Christ. That's what it means. Well, a lot of people they just can't grasp that. Let me tell you, grasp it because that's that that's the main thing that Jesus teaches. You believe in Him, you're saved forever, forever and forever. You cannot go to hell once you believe in Jesus. Okay, look in chapter three of John. We're going to go. This is all going to be in John. You can find it real easily. John chapter three, verse fourteen. Jesus said, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see that word eternal? Eternal, and it's right there before life. Eternal life. Eternal life, okay? That's what you get when you believe in Jesus, okay? You can ask your pastor to tell you about uh, Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. I imagine you probably already heard the story. We don't have time tonight, but what you can see is when you believe in Jesus, you get eternal life, okay? Verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. When God gives you a gift... He gives it to you free of charge. It's yours forever, and the gift he gives is everlasting life, Amen. also called 
eternal life. I love it. You know what? When I lay down, you listen to me. When I lay down at night, I have not even the slightest concern that I might die and go to hell. Not even the slightest. Let me tell you this. In Indonesia, 87% of the people are Muslims. And there have been many, many people have their heads cut off in Indonesia in the past how many years. When we went back to Indonesia in uh, 2000, what was it, five or six we went back, 2006, they were still cutting people's heads off in some parts of Indonesia. They were killing people down the central part of the island where we lived. But you know what? Listen to me. I've got to die sometime. I ain't afraid, are you? I'm not afraid of COVID. You might be, but I'm not. I'm not one teeny tiny bit afraid of it. If I caught COVID, uh, I've already had it once, but if I could get it again and I die, hey, I'm going to heaven. I'm happy. Okay? I'm happy. So when I, when I lay down at night, man, peace. You heard of that peace that passeth all understanding? That's what we're talking about. Everlasting life. I have it already. Do you? Do you? Look in verse 36, chapter 3, verse 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Now, in case you don't understand, hath means you already got it. Not that you're going to get it. You already got it. It's past tense. It's already yours. All right? And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him. The only thing that will keep you from getting eternal life is unbelief. Somebody says, man, I'm a terrible sinner. You just don't realize how big a sinner I am. You don't realize how big a God I have. Let me tell you, he can save anybody from any sin they ever commit, except he will not save somebody that won't believe in him. Okay, chapter 5, verse 24. Chapter 5, verse 24. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath, what? Everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but he has passed from death into life. So when we believe in Jesus, we receive everlasting life. We're not going to ever come into condemnation. What does that mean? It means you're not going to go to hell. Don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. You're not going to go to hell if you believed in Jesus. I'm going to throw something else there. When somebody says, I don't believe you can know if you're going to go to heaven or not. The reason they're saying that is because they believe that in order to get to heaven, you've got to save yourself by living good. Down in their heart, they know they're not living good. <laughs> so am, 
Am I going to make it? That's what they're thinking. How good do you have to live in order to get to heaven? Perfect. If you've got to live it. You see? How many sins can you commit and then go to hell? One? Just one. If I if I have a... Don't give me my bottle of water there. <laughs> I left it out there. Pure water, right? Okay, good. Okay, I take this. Would you like a drink of pure water? You, if you're thirsty, you'd say what? Yes, okay, all right. What if I take this and I open it? Okay, I'm not going to do it because I've probably spilled it all over the floor. <laughs> so let's say I opened it and then I got a dropper and I dipped it down into uh, the toilet after somebody got through using it. And I got just one little teeny tiny drop. And I dropped it in there, shook it like this, and you look at it and you can't see anything in there. It looks clean. You want it? No. Why? Polluted, right? And so why should God accept you into heaven and you commit one nasty sin? Ain't going to happen. The only way you're going to get to heaven is all of your sins washed away in the blood of Jesus. There's no other way. You do not deserve it. If you got what you deserved, do you know where you would go? Straight to hell and then to be cast into the lake of fire to burn forever. All right. Chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. How bad a sinner are you? Doesn't make any difference. You come to Jesus, he'll accept you, and he's not going to cast you out. Okay? For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that all which believe, but all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. Oh, I love it. I love it. My favorite words, everlasting life. I just love those words. And I will raise him up at the last day. Yeah, we're talking about everlasting life of the soul. We're not talking about the body is going to live forever. Okay. But this old body dies, buried, he'll be raised again someday. Because that skull, the soul I have has everlasting life. And one day the soul will be reunited with the body. And the body is going to be remade. And it's going to be a perfect body like the body of Jesus. We'll be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Chapter 6, verse 47. Chapter 6 and verse 47. 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. How many times does Jesus have to repeat it until we understand that he means that when we believe on him, we'll have everlasting life? He just keeps repeating it, keeps repeating it, keeps repeating it so that we can get the point. You want to go to heaven? Believe in him. Believe in him. Just believe in him. He'll give you everlasting life that very moment. Chapter 10, verse 27. Chapter 10, verse 27. I'm not giving you all of them. I'm just giving you a few, okay? Chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which... Hold it, hold it. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. Are you a man? There's some women here that are saying, No, I'm not a man. (laughs) The word man here is used to mean women too, okay? Just to make you women happy. You're a man. You can't pluck yourself out of the Father's hands. No man. And we're, we're in there. You just don't realize how powerful God's hands are. Let me tell you, when he saves you, you're saved. Forever. Just like he said, he's not a liar. He keeps his word. Amen. My father, verse uh, 29, My father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. I and my father are one. Let me tell you. Well, we'll talk more about this in the next point here. But Jesus is God. Amen. That's the reason he can save you forever. He's not just an ordinary man. He's not just a prophet. No, he's not just a great teacher. Is he a great teacher? Yeah. Is he a prophet? The Bible says he is a prophet. Yes. He's much more than that. He's eternal God. Okay. That's the reason he can do what he says. All right. Verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 26. Chapter 11, verse 26. Jesus said here, And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. What does he mean by that? It means you better believe while you're still alive. That's what it means. Don't wait until you're been buried, and in hell you lifted up your eyes in torments. Sure, you're going to believe then. It's going to be too late. Too late. Too late. All right, so the next point. Who is Jesus? He's promised this great gift. He's promised eternal life. Can he fulfill his promise? We need to think about this a minute. Can he do it? John chapter, let's go back to John chapter 1. 
John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay? So uh, who's the Word here? Look down in verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Without any shadow of a doubt, the Word is Jesus Christ. He's God. In the beginning, we could read it like this. In the beginning was Jesus. He was with God. He was God. Jesus is God. That's the reason he can save us. All right? Now, in verse 3, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He's the creator. Now, there's other verses that prove this. We don't have time tonight to go to every verse, but he's the creator. You know what? You think about this. He made the whole universe. Go out tonight and look up in the sky. Hopefully, there's no clouds out there and they can do it. <laughs> you look up in the sky and you see the, the moon and the stars. You wait until the morning and see the sun, right? He created all that. Think about it. The Bible says he spake. Done. And you think he can't save you? You think he doesn't have the power to save you? Let me tell you, he's got it. To save you is nothing. Absolutely nothing. He can do it. And he will do it. Trust him as your savior. Let him save you. He's the, he's the creator. You know, actually, I don't have this in my nose, but I just want to say something else. The Bible tells us in several places that he never sinned. I've, I've preached in the past, I've preached messages on the, the resurrection and so forth, how powerful he was. But I always add, you know what, where the real power was. He lived a perfect life, never sinned one time. I talk with people, and they say, oh, I'm a good person. We really get a lot of that in Indonesia. (laughs) I'm a good person. Are you going to go to heaven? Yes. Why? Oh, I'm a good person. What a lie. What a lie. How can a liar get to heaven? Come on. But Jesus lived his whole life, never one time sinned. Talk about power. That's power. Verse 4. One verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. You know what? Jesus Later on, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You, you don't even know how to define life. Scientists have never been able to define it. What is life? They can't define it. But we know when something's dead. We were driving along the road uh, just today, and I saw a dead animal. 
in the road. How did I know it was dead? Well, it was. It still had fur and stuff like that, but it was kind of flattened out on the highway. <laughs> okay, and it wasn't moving. It was dead. I knew it was dead. You want to have life? I'll go further. Not not just not just life like we're thinking about in, in, as I've just talked about it. But do you want to really live? <laughs> right? I know people. They're living, but they're dead. They're living. And it's it's their life is like hell. Wow. Some of them commit suicide because they'd rather be dead. Okay? That's really foolish. I'll tell you that. Let me tell you. You better believe there's a real God. You're going to face him when you die. Okay? Now, I'll say if a a saved person commits suicide, he's going to go to heaven. I'll say that. Okay? He's being stupid. How can, what words can you put to say how stupid that is? That'd really be stupid. But Jesus gives us life. Amen. He is life. Amen. He is life. And then it also says there, he's light. You know what light is? I was preaching at a church one time, and... I got there kind of late. I was going to be asked to preach, but, uh, or I was going to preach, if I remember correctly, but I got there late, and I came in, and, and the light switches were kind of in the back, and I had already preached one time that day. And I was tired. And so I kind of leaned up against the wall and turned the lights out. <laughs> I turned all the lights out. You know what happens when the lights get turned out? You can't see anything. You don't know what the truth is. You run into the furniture. One time, I uh, I was uh, given a a place to sleep in a church building. And uh, it was no windows in that church. And the lights were out, and I was trying to find my way to the bathroom. And I ran into the the um, door frame, and I put a cut a big gash in my head right here. When there's no light, you know what you don't know what's going on. Okay, I didn't know what I'd run into. I knew it hurt though. <laughs> I tell you that I knew it hurt. Jesus is the light. You know what His words are, truth. That's, light is truth. Jesus' words are truth. I'll just throw this in. Why, why do people want to change the Bible so bad? Because they hate God. They hate Jesus. They hate the truth. That's why. Verse... 15, chapter 1, verse 15. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This is he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, 
for he was before me. And then in verse 30, this is he of whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And things are repeated like that in the Bible, it's because they're important. John was born before Jesus. But Jesus was before John. You know why? Because he's the eternal God. He had his beginning as a human when he was born of that virgin Mary. But he existed as the eternal son of God. You can't go back far enough to find because he had no beginning. He had no beginning. He's always existed. This is who we're talking about. This is the Jesus that can save you and give you everlasting life. That's what I want you to see, okay? Okay. um, John chapter 1, verse 23. John the Baptist said here, He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Okay. Let's go back to the Old Testament and look at this verse. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. I want you to see something that's really important. Isaiah chapter 40. And verse 3. It says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. All right, now let's look at this for a minute. The Lord here is in all caps. You know what that means? All, the all caps means that the word in the, the uh, Hebrew is Jehovah. So what is being said, John was saying, I have, I'm the one that's come to prepare the way for Jehovah. Okay, you got that? Let me tell you, there is no other God but Jehovah. There's no other God. He is the only Savior. I, we we have kind of the kind of the argument going on in Indonesia because they they say uh, they say that we are um, teaching Judaism because we won't translate God as Allah. We're not translating God as Allah. God is a generic term. Allah is a proper noun. Okay, it's a big, big difference. It's a big, big difference. Allah doesn't mean God. Allah is the name of the Muslim's God, okay? Jesus is not Allah. At John chapter 1, verse 1, we read a while ago in the Indonesian Bible, it's, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Allah, and the word was Allah. 
Jesus is Nala. Let me get that down right. He's Jehovah God. All right? Yeah. That's the reason he can save you. That's the reason he can give you everlasting life. Throw in one other thing. I don't have it in my notes. We read in uh, Galatians chapter 1 and uh, First Corinthians, I don't know, 2 Corinthians, can't remember what chapter, right? The last part of the book about a phony Jesus. Let me tell you something. You listen closely. If your Jesus can't give you everlasting life, he's phony. Phony is a piece of rubber baloney, folks. If if your Jesus can't give you everlasting life, he's not my Jesus. You need my Jesus. You need him. Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 29. And we're just going to look at uh, two more, and then we're, I'm going to bring this to a close. Uh, chapter, actually, I have many more verses, but we're going to look at just uh, two more. John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, if you've ever read the Old Testament, you know that over and over again it talks about the sacrifices of a lamb. The Israelites would take this lamb, they would set it apart, and so many days to check to make sure it didn't have any spot or blemish because it was going to represent Jesus. Then they'd take their hands. We'll just act like this right here. It's the lamb's head. Put their hands on that lamb. Confess their sins upon him. Symbolically putting all their sins on that lamb. It was just symbolism because it was pointing forward to the reality of Jesus coming. Our sins being put on him, okay? Then they'd kill that lamb. That lamb died. For their sins. Symbolically. Jesus is the Lamb of God. Jesus died for your sins. You think about that. That's called the substitutionary atonement. The world hates it. Satan hates it. There's a lot of religions, they'll, they'll accept a lot of things, but they won't accept that Jesus died as our substitute, taking the penalty of our sins upon himself so we wouldn't have to. He's the Lamb of God. John chapter 1, verse 41. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, verse 41. John chapter 1, verse 41. Start with verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. 
he first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. The word Christ means Messiah. That's what we read right here. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. If we go back to uh, the book of Daniel, the only place the word Messiah is mentioned is in the book of Daniel. And we read about it. And what do we find? The Messiah was going to be cut off, but not for himself. Cut off is a Hebrew idiom, which means to be given capital punishment. He's the Messiah. The only Savior. There is no other. John 14, 6, I'm going to quote this. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let me tell you, there is no hope outside of Jesus. You can't get to you can't get to Jesus by believing in Allah or Buddha or practicing those religions. You can't get to heaven by just trying to keep the Ten Commandments. You can't get to heaven by baptism. Now, once you get saved. Sure, get baptized. That's what God wants. The very first step you should take, get baptized. But the only way to heaven is Jesus. The gift of God is what? Eternal life. And who's Jesus? He's God. (laughs) He can do it. He can give it to you. He can save you. Not only that, he's not a liar. He will keep his word. He will save you.